If you want more from Dee and her sister and partner in crime, Rhonda, check out Switchblade Sisters Social Club, a true crime podcast where two sisters exploit their worst fears for your entertainment. You're welcome. You're listening to We Knew the Moon with Dee Safier, an empath who started a podcast to explore the universe, spirituality, and all things witchy woo-woo. Don't forget to check out the website, wenewthemoon.co.uk for all your I do what I want and the moon made me do it merch, whichever excuse you prefer to use for all of your life choices. Hi, this is Dee from We Knew the Moon and I'm really excited because I've got Rebecca Burgess here again. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. So you are a firm favorite friend of the podcast and we had you back on season two talking about your temple of Cornwall and things like the course in Glastonbury you did, the goddess course and your course that you do, that you host now. Now I'm really excited because you are going to present a topic to me. Yes. And I don't know what that topic is. (laughs) So little drum roll. I can't do the drum roll, but imagine the divine feminine archetypes of the maiden, lover, mother, and crone. Oh, <gasps> yay! <laughs> we love divine archetypes. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Good. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> yes, because this comes up again. It's one of those things that I love because it comes up in so many different ways. Yeah. In so many different cultures, religions, right? There's so many different retellings of each mm-hmm. archetype. And there's so many different... I mean, the four that I'm going to cover in this episode don't even scratch the surface on all the different archetypes. They're a great um, starting point and I love it. So I'll first explain what an archetype is. So I'm not talking in the psychological sense of like the Jungian sort of archetypes. I'm not necessarily talking about them. These are more the spiritual aspects. We did the Jungian archetypes nice. in season two when we did shadow work. Yeah. So what you mean is it's we're not following those same archetypes, the joker, the <laughs> the mother, the child, and so forth, but it's archetype in the sense that these are sort of tropes that come up regularly. They're the same characteristics that pop up. I don't know how to explain archetype without using the word <laughs> archetype. I know. <laughs> like trying to explain the word irony, like oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, hey Google, what does archetype mean? Archetype has three different meanings. Starting with the most common one, archetype can be used as a noun to mean a very typical example of a certain person or thing. Is that the meaning you were looking for? Yes, I think so. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Nice. Yes, there is. Here's an example of archetype (laughs) being used in a sentence. He was the archetype of the old style football club chairman. (laughs) I guess it's Google's podcast now. Yes, who's my (laughs) co-host? Imagine. <laughs> so I like to think of the outside, like the Jungian sort of archetypes, the more spiritual archetypes that we'll be looking at, the like distant cousins of the Jungian archetypes, that they're still a collective innate consciousness or energy surrounding these different things within everybody. So whilst I'm talking about the divine feminine archetypes, that doesn't mean that the masculine people among us can't tap into those or at least acknowledge those and embrace them as well. So yeah, I just wanted to let you know that if you're sitting down expecting this big like psychology rigmarole, it's not that. It's going to be very And also the three boys that listen to my podcast, (laughs) you will still find this interesting. (laughs) Hello, boys. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) So we'll begin at the maiden. I'm going to go in age chronological order here. 
but do be aware that these uh, can be accessed at any age. They're things that we can tap into at any point in our lives, but you will find that you naturally fall into one um, kind of through each stage of your life, whether that's relevant to whatever age you are, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So you can then, go backwards is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You yeah. wrestle you want. <laughs> I think um, post-divorce. It's oh. quite common, isn't it? Fellow divorcee. I, <laughs> I, I very quickly went from um, mother in my marriage, though I wasn't a physical mother. I mothered him. Um, I think I went from crone. Did you? <laughs> I went from mother to lover. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> zero effort. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, we'll start at the maiden. Mm-hmm. So the maiden is this beautiful, sweet, innocent, archetypal energy that is in in women and girls rather it's from the age of birth to around like your your first period you know your first rise of menarche and this is i like to think of this as the rebellious years this is the the inner activist where she really gets to kind of like scream and roar and put on a dms and go to a march and fight for women's rights and fight for you know the right to her body and and all these amazing things whilst she is so rebellious She's also very innocent as well. Because those are not two words that you think of together no. very often. <laughs> but it's is like her innocence, it comes from a place of purity rather than naivety, maybe. Yeah, it, it, she's not naive. That, that yeah. is not her. She does not know the meaning of that word. Yeah. But it, it's a very, yeah, purity of reason, purity of soul and spirit, very kind of white rose energies. Not jaded it. yet, basically. Not broken yes. and jaded yet. <laughs> what we're saying yes. <laughs> precisely she's still full of all the kind of excitement in the world all the the hopes for her future and she's she's an excellent manifester as well all the different archetypes are very good energies to tap into for manifesting uh, manifesting it just depends on what sort of energy you want so obviously the lover if that is the manifestation energy I would say for me because I'm very much in my lover archetype still mm-hmm. It's, you know, divine union, it's masculine, feminine, it's the two polarities coming together to create, whereas the crone, she's got the cauldron of transformation, I mean, I'm jumping the gun here, but she's got the cauldron of transformation, so it's, they all use manifestation in different ways, but when it comes to the maiden, it's more that, it's that hopefulness, that, so you can hear the birds flapping against my window, I've got a bird feeder. <laughs> on the window and got, a bird. <laughs> I've got no I've got two collared doves that visit the bird feeder that's like stuck on my window and they're very big and they don't quite know where the window ends or starts so that they keep like bumping into it as they're trying to feed so apologies if you can hear that <laughs> um can I ask as we go through these different archetypes do you think people listening will be able to like to think oh yeah that's me or are they likely to think oh I'm a little bit of this and that or you know. I think it, yeah I think it depends at the stage of life that you're at so for me like I said lover is very much my happy place whether I'm you know doing something quite crony or whatever that's my kind of resting zone that's my default if you like but there are definitely times in my life where I'm more crone than I am lover it's all like pepperings throughout and I use these different energies like I I embody them when I want their energy for certain things so like manifestation for example or um creativity for the maiden as well Mm -hmm. that's a big one so yeah it's embodying them as well I will be giving you a little like uh, tips on how to embody each different archetype Mm -hmm. as we go as well Um, yeah so yeah hopefully you can kind of recognize parts of yourself within each archetype 
but feel kind of more at home in one than the others. That's what I would, I would think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not one of those things where you have to find balance between all of them. It's okay for you to be more one than the other. Yeah, I think that's where the fun lies in this. Like, yeah. it's, if I want to go full crone, that is, I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> I don't care that I have zero maiden energy. I want to be like the full on hag over the cauldron sometimes. I was going to say, I don't think I've got very much maiden energy left. No, mine, mine is waning. <laughs> I tried to call on it when I told you I went to Mamma Mia party at yeah. the O2 at the weekend. I feel like I tried to call on my maiden energy for that. And I think I succeeded for about two hours and then I was a little bit tired and needed to sit down. That's impressive. <laughs> no, that was as good. And I'm okay with that. So I guess that's it. It depends if yeah. you're okay with it, right? <laughs> the way that I know in my body that I turn 30 next year is that, so when I was younger in, in my like, uh, late teens, I used to be like quite um, a prominent figure on the Manchester nightlife scene. And I used to be out partying for literally about 14 hours. I'd get the last train there, the first train back in the morning. It was a whole big thing. Now, if you ask me to be out past 10 p.m. for about three hours, I'm I'm not going. I yeah. Going. I mean, let me tell you another thing about the Mamma Mia party that made it for me. Yeah. I'm going to be 40 in a year and a half. No. Which I don't fucking know. <laughs> I know everyone says this, but I literally don't know how that happened. Um, but we went to the Sunday matinee, which was amazing <laughs> because went out, had a nice meal, had some drinks, had a boogie because they have a disco after the show. And then I was home by 6 p.m. That's beautiful. That's perfect. It was amazing. It was like <laughs> a dream day. <laughs> so, yeah, it um, it's yeah you yes you do yeah. go through different energy phases during you your do. life don't you, you? Do. <laughs> and you'll find as well if you're somebody with a womb then you'll find that this is you'll get natural like ebbs and flows of these energies naturally throughout your menstrual cycle as well which is really nice yeah. love it obviously um ostrogen ovulation that's what we do mm-hmm. ovulate uh, <laughs> So yes, the maiden energies. And she's also very much all about her creativity and our inner child as well. Whilst those are two separate archetypes, I just want to, you know, mm-hmm. clear that. The maiden is very much our kind of bridge to our inner child. So if you're somebody like me who perhaps really struggles with connecting with your inner child because of trauma, sparkling words, trauma. For me, it's anxiety. <laughs> oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> taking it day by day oh yeah lots of different reasons why people struggle to just let go and enjoy that care yeah. more carefree yeah lots of I think fear surrounding embracing your inner child isn't there like if it doesn't feel safe to be seen sometimes as your inner child so connecting with your maiden energies is a really lovely bridge because she is that bridge you know if you think back to the ages when you were like 13 14 you are the literal bridge between where you are now and your child self yeah. So you can kind of slowly take steps back, you know, get to know your maiden self again before you get to know your inner child. That makes sense because our our inner child is so far away from our daily default setting for a lot of us. Some people, not so much, Um, (laughs) but it would take very, it it, it would feel very unnatural to get out of like, for example, for me to get out of work mode and, and adulting mode. And to go straight into feeling carefree and fun and joyful, right? Yeah. I need some baby steps in between there. I'm not going to just 
jump into it. So I love this idea of little bridge to the maiden before you get to the child. <laughs> yeah, I, that really helps me because it's like I said, I, I I do struggle to kind of embrace my inner child from time to time. So I, I do kind of like, okay, what would 18 year old me do then? What would maiden me do? Oh, she'd cause a ruckus. Oh, she'd, you know, she'd be dancing around in a fishnet. It's like nothing doesn't, you know, nothing matters. It's like, cool, let's do that. And then from there, it's easier for me to then kind of go, oh no, actually what I want to do is grab a hot chocolate, put a Disney film on and just, you know, draw and paint or whatever while whilst it's happening. That's what my inner child needs right now. So it's easier to kind of remember what you enjoyed. Yeah, I, I think that's amazing. That's a great tip. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> So yeah, so the maiden is all about this creativity as well that your inner child kind of bestows upon her as a gift. She has this creativity that she then fuels with the hormones of puberty. She just fuels it with this fire, like the, the rebellious fire I was talking about. If you're a rebellious kid, hello, so was I. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you did have so much energy at that age, right? Like so much energy and so much want to change everything in the world. And you're yeah. so idealistic. And yes, idealistic. Yeah. That's the word for the maiden. Idealistic is beautiful. And there's one goddess that I always call upon personally for this, and that's the Celtic goddess of Bridey. Lady goddess of Imbolc, and I adore her. She is the goddess of the sacred flames. Now, if anybody knows anything about the Temple of Cornwall, you know that we're quite famous for our large collection of different sacred flames. (laughs) (laughs) How many sacred flames have you got? Well, let me see. So we've got the sacred flame of Cornwall, the sacred flame of the feminine, so the, the red tents, so the sacred flame for the red tents there. We've got the sacred flame of the Scottish red tents, which is held by our kind of sister temple up there. Oh, right, yes. We've got the sacred flame of ceremony and the sacred flame of Avalon. So five sacred flames. And are they lit all the time? Is this like an Olympic flame? (laughs) (laughs) When I'm working in the temple, I'll always have the sacred flame of Cornwall lit because obviously Temple of Cornwall. Whenever it's the red tent, I will light that one. The rest I kind of like depending on like the collective energies or what the temple wants to give out at that time. If I had them all lit, my goodness, it'd be a very hot room. <laughs> Fire hazard. <laughs> yes, yeah, at the very least. <laughs> um, so yeah, Bridie is the goddess of these sacred flames, which I think is really, really shows you kind of her energy. She's also the goddess of blacksmiths. Yeah. And what I, I remember one of the, the first things my, I want to say it's my mother, that my mother ever taught me about kind of, um, like the old ways was that blacksmiths were seen as magicians because they can literally alchemize solid rock material into liquid and then back into something hard but different and transmuted and changed in some way so bridey really is the goddess of the the smithers of the blacksmiths of really constant change she is you know if you think back to when you're in puberty your hormones were never level nothing was the same every day there was very rarely a consistent kind of pattern within yourself and whilst that is incredibly annoying and frustrating at the time you can look back on it with kinder eyes and say that's actually really exciting that's where a lot of the jubilant sort of energies come from and it, it's that constant change that constant wanting to wanting to change things that like you said before wanting to change the world wanting to change aspects of it and she as goddess of the flames and the smithers that's something that we can use to tap into her energies which can then help us embrace our own inner maiden as well depending on the time of day and, and the time of year 
mm. you know, Bridie and, and Imbolc is sort of like this, the coming out of winter and the start of spring. That feels very maiden energy-esque if we're going to relate it to the, yeah, the calendar year. Huh? I always, I always like that week or so where it's, it's still winter, but barely. So you, I always think of it as Keridwin, the crone goddess, she lays down her blanket of snow. She goes to sleep under it and she comes out transmuted into the maiden with the snowdrops. Oh. Oh, I love that. Oh, I feel like I need to do something with that imagery, but I can't paint. So no. I'm, just, I'm putting that out in the world. If somebody could paint that, that'd be marvelous. Oh, if anyone can make it. an image of that in some way, I guess in it. Yeah. <laughs> At us. <laughs> Yeah, so connecting with Bridie and therefore in a maiden is actually something really simple and so fun to do. And it is just tapping into your pleasure points. So when I say pleasure points, I don't mean the pleasure of the lover. I mean that the pleasure of being alive, the, the, the sheer joys of life around you. So that could be, you know, if we're talking about in bulk, that could be seeing a little lamb prance around in a field. My, the happiness that brings up in me is ridiculous. There's so much serotonin there. <laughs> it's not even Oh, funny. you would love what happened to us last year. We drove past the field and almost caused a car crash because we need to pull over real quick because in that field, piglets. Oh, my God. Oh, I love piglets. Yeah, finding those, um, those sweet spots in your day-to-day life that really just you think, oh, God, aren't I lucky? Even if you have to consciously create that, because I know it's hard, you know, if you're in like the nine-to-five sort of, you know, matrix thing. It's hard to kind of sit at your desk at the face of a colleague that you cannot stand and think, aren't I really lucky? Yeah. <laughs> or in the middle of a pandemic when you have all these weird restrictions and all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I understand. So even if you have to consciously cultivate that kind of essence of gratitude, that's fine. It, it you know, it doesn't have to be easy in the beginning. It just becomes easier over time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, really tapping into that pleasure point and accepting your worthiness of that pleasure it's very easy to feel like we're not worthy of something. You know, I think a lot of people really suffer with low self-worth because again, trauma, thank you, trauma. The maiden's a good place to kind of start to accept your worthiness for a lot of things because she's usually where, you know, in our real lives, she's usually where things started to go a bit wrong. You know, your first boyfriend breaks your heart. Um, You start realizing your parents are human and have faults. That's scary, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, I don't like it. <laughs> Still don't like it. No. <laughs> so we can really work with the maiden to start to start accepting our self-worth, you know, to to see that we are worth more than what we may believe that we are. Working with Bridie, like I said, goddess at the forge, connect with her through sort of any pleasures in your life. Simple pleasures, not sexual pleasures. Not, not, you know, big grand celebrations, but all the small moments that really make up your life, make up the happiness. Kicking piles of leaves. Oh, yes. Stepping on the crunchiest pile of leaves. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like you said, watching a Disney film. Yeah, Hercules. Always Hercules. Yeah, Hercules. Yeah. We watched recently Hocus Pocus, and that was lovely. And no, well, is it Disney? I don't know if it's Disney or not, but whatever. Oh, Joe, I can never get into Hocus Pocus. I always feel like a bad witch when I say that. But honestly, it drives me up the wall. I don't what know. What about Practical Magic? Never seen it. <gasps> I know. I know. <laughs> shun me now. I get it. No, I don't want to shun you, but I need you to watch it and tell me how you feel about it. Oh, and, and now I'm jealous that you get to watch it for the first time. Oh, I'm excited to watch it now. Okay, go watch it after this, okay? Oh, I will do. <laughs> 
it, it will be it's very good for connecting with your maiden energy and it's such a good film nice lovely shall do then add that to my list so yes you can go watch um hocus pocus <laughs> to connect with your inner maiden but yeah your, your favorite films the simple joys in life and as you begin to sort of consciously cultivate those moments for yourself whether it's you know a two-minute break to go and get your favorite coffee from your favorite place or whether you want to cultivate more make it more ritualistic or ceremonial make that time for yourself it doesn't really matter it's just what works for you but as you begin to consciously cultivate those moments you'll find that you your sense of freedom sort of starts to expand from within you the sense of freedom really washes over you and out into your reality so you'll find that things start to become easier because if you think back to when you were a teenager things were so effortless mm-hmm. it really was like okay I mean we didn't think it at the time but with hindsight yeah so easy all you have to do is go to school flirt with some boys mm-hmm. done that's Get it drunk in the what park yeah smoke some weed <laughs> lie to your parents about it go to sleep <laughs> do it again yeah Yeah. um you could tell that I'm really far from my maiden energy because my question I've just written down is how often must I tap into my maiden energy oh (laughs) that's a good question though I think whenever you want so when when you want to bring up those feelings or the energies of creativity so if you're working on something I I, I don't know what your you know personal artistic hobbies are but let's say you're a watercolorist in your spare time if you're really (laughs) you've misjudged me (laughs) and overestimated my ability (laughs) Sorry, I was one of those people at the beginning of the pandemic that thought I'm going to become an artist during this time. Nope, absolutely not. I would say one of the top times that I tap into my maiden energy is when I'm with my friends. Yes, friends yeah. is a brilliant one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When when you're with those friends, I always say it where you lose track of time because you're just just caught up and having fun and laughing and joking and having wine, possibly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Those friends where there's no pretense, so there's no kind of ego involved necessarily and you can just say whatever pops into your head there's no inhibition yeah Yeah. so hopefully that's summed up the maiden for you and you can now you know go and connect with bridey and your own inner maiden so the lover so this is my favorite archetype ever she is my default she is my kind of resting spot in the world so most people if you're into like witchcraft or the occult you'll you'll know the goddess archetypes as maiden mother crone which there's nothing wrong with but i there was the quickly came a point in my life where I wasn't falling into the maiden naturally and I was nowhere near falling into the mother so I was just kind of left in the abyss of archetypal energies yeah yeah and then I feel I just, that. yeah good I'm glad I'm not the only one and then I discovered the lover and that made so much sense because obviously we're very used to seeing this triple woman image or the triple moon which represents the three it, it's very common for them to be de- depicted, represented, as yeah. you said, maiden mother crone. Yeah. So I like that you've slipped in another one. And as you said before, there's lots of in be- other ones in between, isn't there? Yeah. That is, so if you're still after this amazing episode, <laughs> still not feeling any one in particular, you might just have to go and explore some more in betweeny ones. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So the lover really made sense for me when I was kind of like late teens, early twenties. And to be fair, now still am the lover I am the a person who approaches life quite naturally from a very sort of um flirtatious point of view I would say like quite almost essential but I don't mean that in a sexual way necessarily I just find well it's the Leo fire sign in you huh <laughs> it is yes <laughs> there's like deep 
wells of pleasure that I can just feel generally about life and that can be sexual or that can just be you know isn't life amazing marvelous wonderful yeah so it's yeah I I love her and she's a very empowered person as well so I think earlier I mentioned that I came out of my marriage and my divorce kind of you know being from a person who was I mean spoiler alert I was in a very abusive marriage and part of that abuse was him was trying to like make me be a housewife there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a housewife but if you know me you know I'm a, I'm a lot wilder than than being a house do you know what I mean like it, trying to put yourself in any kind of category that you're not is, yeah is not, I, no uh, and he wanted a very traditional housewife as well and it was all what is wrong with these people why don't they just go and find that why no, are you trying to the mother that was his problem that's what yeah. was wrong with him his mother it usually is yeah so I, I was forced into this mothering role and if I didn't adhere to that then there was lots of trauma I was quite young when I got married so there was no urgent need for me to be in this mothering role so when I you know finally left my abusive husband I really it was when I was training in Glastonbury one of those weekends was I'm leaving you now I think I moved out 10 days after I got back from that weekend so I was like no I've had enough of UBS now and um whilst I was there my she's now my mentor but Dawn Kinsella she introduced me to the goddess Rhiannon and her whilst she's naturally seen in kind of Celtic folklore and you know the the divine energies as the sensual goddess the goddess of sex and all this amazing juicy lovely stuff which she absolutely is she's also the goddess of empowerment and that's what I really take from the love art I love that yeah I really do it's she's not the town bike she's not that sort of lover she's the I know precisely the person I want to share my bed with. We're not slut shaming her. Oh no. No, we're impressed. Yeah. (laughs) But what's the opposite of slut shaming? Slut praising. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She's worshipping. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, She's very much. Probably should change the first part of that phrase though. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't quite. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can reclaim the word slut. Yes. Absolutely. I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. She'll know precisely what she wants from her lovers in the bedroom. And if they can't give it her, that's absolutely fine. You can leave now. I, I will create the pleasure for myself. I will find somebody who's worthy of helping me create the deep pools of pleasure that I'm looking for. So she's very extremely empowered. And she is, if you look into the, I'm going to really butcher this, Mabignon. Is that how you pronounce it? The, the, the tales of Celtic folklore, the three branches of the Mabignon. I'm not the one to ask that kind of question. (laughs) You wouldn't think I've got a lot of Welsh ancestry in me, but I do. I should be able to. I barely even speak my own languages, let alone. (laughs) But yeah, so in in the Mabignon, she's the daughter actually of Gwenap Nudd, who we spoke about briefly in the previous episode in Glastonbury. So she's a little bit fairy too. Oh, she's hella fairy. Yeah, she's fairy. And men as well, if you're listening. She's a good one to work with if you're trying to rebalance your inner divine masculine because she'll really hold a mirror up to all the places where you're not in your divine masculinity. So she's incredibly empowered. And also, whilst that obviously does translate in a very meaningful way into the bedroom, is in like, no, what you want to do doesn't bring me pleasure. So let's do what brings us both pleasure. It can you know translate in that way. It also translates into the wider realms of your reality as well. So like I mentioned before, I love using the love of energies to manifest because it's all about attracting. You know, if you think of goddesses of sexuality and sensuality, it's like Aphrodite, for example. Yeah. Whilst she is a goddess of beauty and love and other beautiful things, 
she's also the goddess of attraction and that's literally just been a magnet Mm-hmm. If you think I, I am attracting beauty, then you are beautiful. If you're attracting money, love, whatever it is, beautiful manifestation energies, especially when you bring in the divine masculine as well as lover. If you're looking for ways to kind of embrace your own empowered, sovereign, fairy queen lover, which, yes, please, w- whilst I'm always in the energy, I always want more. That That's yeah. the nature of it. It's that like delicious sort of craving of like, oh, yes, like give me more of this. This is amazing. So if you want to tap into those sort of energies, really being true to yourself, which I know is is more difficult than it ought to be. But again, like with a maiden, it's just taking those baby steps. So if we're because this is a lover goddess and archetype, let's take it to the bedroom. Let's put it in that context. If you know that your partner is doing something or wants to do something that you don't enjoy, tell them sod them as long as you're nice and polite about it, as long as they're being nice. And And don't kink shame them. Oh, yeah, don't kink, no kink shaming on this No chat. kink shaming. We don't kink shame here. No, but you can very nicely communicate that that's not your thing and you, you want to try something else, maybe. Yeah, that that's would be, you know, you know, going into it. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't do that thing with his toes again. I hate oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope he doesn't. You tell them, you tell them that you're not into a foot fetish. You tell them that you're not into whatever it yeah. might be. <laughs> And you don't cross that boundary with yourself, kind of set the boundaries firmly, but politely with people, unless they're being impolite, then just firmly set them the fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, that is a boundary very firmly set. Yeah, because if they don't respect your boundaries, you have no need to, don't worry about their fucking feelings at that point, right? (laughs) Yeah, kind of relevant to this. I was watching a TikTok of all things this morning, and I learned that some indigenous cultures in America believe that profanity is used to um, dispel negative energies. So literally saying fuck off is you dispelling the negative energies of that person moment. That's literally how I smudge the corners of my fucking house. Yeah, just shut fuck off. Be gone, <laughs> fuck off, bad spirits and energies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so honestly, saying fuck off to somebody, don't be afraid because that is a boundary set and it needs to be if you're, you know, having to use, because I'm a mum then, if you're having to use that sort of language, and <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's obviously needed. Mm-hmm. Boundary setting as well has been my favorite way and really unexpected way to tap into the lover. So I've never, I've never had a problem with setting boundaries, really. I've just had a problem with with other people not necessarily respecting them, but that's for therapy. That's not for you. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, really consciously setting those boundaries. So rather than just reacting, having that be a boundary of like, no, I don't like this, go away. Don't like Mm -hmm. it, stop it. Rather than that, I mean, obviously sometimes that will happen and that's fine, but sometimes consciously setting those boundaries. So with family members, sometimes you're going to have to be like, I don't like the way you're talking to me. I don't like the way you're treating me. Whilst I love and respect you, I'm going to have to ask that you stop or I will remove myself from the situation and we can resume our relationship whenever you are ready to. And whilst that is so incredibly difficult. And those family dynamics that have been set in stone for decades sometimes, trying to change those Mm. is almost impossible, but it's it's worth a try, isn't it? It really is. This lover sounds awesome. Yes, she is amazing. Yeah. Those to me are the, the simplest ways of tapping into your lover. And 
I say simple there with a pinch of salt because I'm aware those don't feel simple things. You know, being really authentic to yourself, really trusting what you want is also difficult as well. I, I completely understand she's naturally quite a difficult one to approach because I think, especially as, as women in this day and age, it's very difficult to trust ourselves. I think we've been taught a lot to not from a young age. Yep. There's all the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome and the yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. And then being thrown, you know, at an alarmingly young age into the male gaze to be sexualized and, and perverted in ways where we shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just trying to walk to school in my uniform 14-year-old. Can you not be a pervert, sir? Thank you. You know, we're constantly taken out of our truth, I think. Rituals, ceremonies, sex magic for the lover, these are all really wonderful tools you can use to tap into her. But to start off simply and to kind of, you know, put your toes into to the waters of the lover, trusting yourself, trusting your truth. Do you know what I would love to do? I'd love us to make a playlist for each of these archetypes. Can we do that together? Yes. Yes. I'm thinking Maiden. I'm thinking real Alanis Morissette vibes. I was just thinking the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I mentioned her earlier, but I'm thinking Lover, very Tori Amos. Who would you think? There's a song that I've just discovered recently-ish called Deity. And it's beautiful. It's made to be created like the the female version of Hosea's Take Me to Church. So she's meant to be like the goddess that's being worshipped. And oh boy. Yeah, Deity by Valerie. That's B-A-L-E-R-E-E. Yeah, I think that about covers the lover. We have the mother archetype next. So this is, yeah, something I've only just recently started to tap into in my personal life because I'm a woman without children at the moment, but I am the mother priestess of a temple. That's been a real journey for me to spiritually conceive this temple, birth out into the world in the way it needed to be birthed. And now I feel like I'm just holding its hand and trying to raise it as best as I can. So yeah, I, I'm speaking from about the mother archetype in that sense, in that idea as uh, a woman without a child, but I am constantly birthing different projects, different businesses, different everything really. It's marvellous. So the mother, she is the archetypal, all-consuming divine love. However complicated or painful your relationship with your mother might be, try and think beyond that and think about what a mother should be. So a mother should be unconditionally loving of you, should always make you feel worthy of love, should always support you in everything that you do, unless it's obviously bad for you. When I say support, I mean kind of abundantly supported as well. A tree doesn't have to do anything other than be a tree to be supported by the earth. It is supported by the soil, the rain, the sun. It is just constantly supported. Why should it be any different for humans? And it's it's the essence of that that the mother archetype brings in she loves us for our differences as well she loves us for being like you know the little rock punk kids that we are she loves us for being the amazing priestesses that we we can become she loves us for every single facet of ourselves and she's also so abundant in the love that she gives she's literally this deep well of love Oh, I feel very emotional at the moment because I feel like I'm lucky enough that my actual mother is very like that. Yeah, same. So it feels very easy to understand this energy. Yeah. For anybody out there that may have a strained relationship with their mother, okay, whilst that's horrible, where can I see what a mother should be? And again, I'm not trying to make this a manifestation episode, I swear, but when, when you're trying to manifest... The mother's a very good one if you're feeling that kind of lack of self-worth, if that's what you're trying to work on. 
um, to manifest, whether it's money, love, joy, whatever. If I'm looking for something very specific, for example, that I don't think I'll find, I call the mother energies in and lo and behold, it will be there. So I remember once I was looking for two ceremonial dresses for two very different, there was one for like a, um, I was doing a passing over ceremony for somebody and I was doing a baby naming. So literally opposite <laughs> ends of the spectrum, life and death. And I, I didn't yet have all my ceremonial attire. So I needed this. And I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to get these two very different, you know, pieces in the same shop. But I thought, you know what? I don't have the time to be finding around different shops. So I'll call in the mother energy. I'll call in the goddess Kerr, who I'll get to in a second. And we'll just see what happens. And literally, as I walked in, death, life, perfect. Done. What shop was this, Primark? <laughs> it came Max. <laughs> I wanted to pretend it was some like lovely shop in Glastonbury. No, yeah. it's in St. Austell. If you want to feel mothered or if you want to mother something. So like I said, if that's your own children that you might have or, you know, you're trying to you know, create, conceive and birth a project, a business, whatever, then the mother energies is the perfect place for that. Honestly, I, I can't quite get across to you how much this energy can love. It mm-hmm. is just pure divine feminine love to me. And just calling it the mother just makes it easier to kind of for our little monkey brains to go, oh, I know what this is. Yeah, yeah. But it's just divine love. So, yeah, the goddess that I like to use to tap into the mother energies is the goddess Kerr, which is K-E-R. Now, I like to think that she's related to Cornwall in that way, because Kerr, Kerr, no. And she is a a figure that we kind of worship and celebrate here at the Temple of Cornwall. She's, for us, it's the time of year at Lamas, that the kind of the first harvest, everything's like, fit to bust and so ripe and so glorious and so golden that's the energies of Kerr she's an amazing goddess to bring into your everyday life you know if you work with Lilith or Hecate the more kind of more fuel in their fire shall we say kind of goddesses whilst I do encourage you work with them every day if that's what you want to do Kerr is so effortlessly she just fits into your day because you can call her in when you're making a cup of tea or coffee in the morning if you're a baker, if you like to bake for yourself or your family, you can call her in when you're making fairy cakes for your child's school cake bake. Mm-hmm. You can call her in when you're wanting to conceive that business idea. Buy my little tea making station because I love my tea. I've got lots of loose leaf teas everywhere and lots of little jars and, and whatever. And buy my kettle. I've got a little bowl I found in a charity shop for like a pound. It's very quite small, but quite deep. If that makes sense, it's quite tall. And it's got like a bee imagery on it. So it's like a beehive embossed on it, little bees all around it. It's golden in colours, like honey drips. It's beautiful. And anytime I'm making myself a cup of tea with loose leaf tea, I'll take a teaspoon out for myself and put a teaspoon in there for Kerr. Mm. And give that as an offering to her. That, that very small ritual, I'm calling it a ritual, is a very grand word for what it is. But that little um, act really helps me to kind of remember to tap into the energies and obviously I've I've blessed the bowl I've connected it to her so every time anything goes in there it is for her it's also honoring her it reminds me of like I am the mother priestess I am worthy of that title I am worthy of all the abundance in in, in every sense of that word that that title brings me isn't life glorious isn't life always so abundant and ripe isn't it beautiful oh that's lovely does she take instant coffee too because I would think so yeah, we'll take coffee. I don't think she's fussy. <laughs> Being kind to yourself as well is one of the most impactful everyday ways that I connect with the mother energies and therefore the goddess Kerr as well. It'll be more difficult for some than others, I'm sure. So for me, I have a real trouble being gentle to myself. I'm always like, no, everything's got to be perfect. 
all that responsibility is on me. I, I can easily fall into that kind of trap. Go, like. go, 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 go all the time. Yeah, yeah. Which does help being self-employed, but also makes it incredibly difficult to take time off and away. <laughs> you can really work through the mother energies by looking at yourself through her lens. I woke up slightly late today and for me, late is 6am. That's me having like a two hour lie in there. <laughs> I know, hideous. And I... I could very easily beat myself up about that. Like, oh, well, I've wasted the day. What's the point? Not going to get anything done, even though it's literally the crack of frigging dawn. Yeah. Sod it. I can't do anything right. That would be a very pitfall for me to fall into if I was like, you know, letting myself remain unconscious with it. But if I wanted to pull myself out of that, say I've dropped into that hole of, oh God, I'm, I'm not worth the time of day. Jesus, mm-hmm. look at this. I would kind of begin to embody the mother energies and almost in a healthy way, detach myself from that, whatever that, that moment was that made me feel that way and look at it and myself through the lens of the mother. So I've embodied the mother very slightly. It's not some big like embodiment ritual. It's just that, okay, let, let's take a moment. Let's calm down. Let's be kind. What actually happened? Okay. You woke up at 6am. That's fine don't be ridiculous. Like, you know, you're still worthy just because you slept an extra two hours. In fact, that was probably a kind thing that you did for yourself there. Your body probably needed it. I feel like that's a motherly thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Being kind to yourself basically is is the the core essence of connecting with the mother energies. And then, you know, with, with all these archetypes, once you've mastered the simplicity of the everyday of them and then go on to embody them in bigger rituals, ceremonies, yada, yada, all that, you know, the bigger stuff that we can do. I, I feel like the mother energy is like a nice, big, comfy, warm blanket that you put around yourself. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. What would go on the mother playlist? <laughs> All I can think is that um, Meredith Brooks, I think, that song Mother, but maybe, maybe that is. Do you remember that song? No. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a mother. Yes. I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. <laughs> yeah. So now we come to another one of my favourites. They're all my favourites. But I have a very sweet spot in my heart for the crone. I love her. So she is, again, I'm speaking as a 29-year-old. I have yet to experience my own crone years, but I'm very much looking forward to them. I think I'm one of the the few women in the world that actively looks for grey hairs with excitement. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've just dyed my hair recently, but I've got quite a lot of grey hairs and I I can't wait for it to properly come through because yeah. I think I'm going to have a streak. That's what I want. I want like a, yeah. If you're going to so, do it, do it in a streak, like Bride of Frankenstein. That's what I want. I've never been able to say it as perfectly as this. And again, I didn't write it down because I thought to myself, I'll remember this. I wrote this, but alas. So I'm just going to paraphrase myself here. But I wrote an article for a trade magazine, like a celebrant trade magazine, couple years ago now and all about bringing the divine feminine in the different archetypes into ceremony and when I was kind of writing about the crone because this was for people that had no idea about archetypes necessarily when I wrote about the crone I wrote about her as the night sky and how the night sky is her cape and as she weaves this cape she weaves every single human story into it each star is a lover's tale each black hole is a death the whole history of humanity is up there in the cosmos and it's all being woven by the crone that is gorgeous thank you I was very proud of myself you know when you write a sentence and you're like oh yeah damn that's good damn that's good I am that bitch yeah yeah thank you (laughs) and I've never been able to top that imagery so I I just leave that there for you and your your pleasure um so yeah she is very nothing shocks her nothing surprises her she's seen it all before in all its different 
facets and all its different ways that things can happen. She's like your old funny grandma. And I mean, funny isn't like literally funny, not, you know, grandma's gone funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not half funny. That has lots of dirty secrets that she just comes out. You know, when, when grandmas are like, oh yeah, well, um, when your granddad was away at war. Oh my God, Nana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the crone energies is our deepest connection to our ancestors. And I mean ancestors you know in living memory ancestors all the way back to like whatever your version of Adam and Eve is like all the way mm-hmm. back to the, the first humans she is age-old wisdom that's just being relived again and again and again she knows everything but lets but sits back and lets you tell the story lets you tell it your way because she wants to experience your truth and, and honor your truth as well and she's very much the the space holder, you know, the the gatekeeper of the energies. And I mean, gatekeepers in protector, not gatekeep girl boss, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's phenomenal, really phenomenal. So to tap into her energies would be to really, like I said, connect you with your ancestors, but also your innate gifts as well. You know, we're born with certain uh, intuitive skills and abilities tapping into her is to tap into that within yourself and the goddess that I love to use for this energy is Keridwin mm-hmm. now that there's so many beautiful different crone goddesses throughout many different cultures um or even you know crone like energies so like Carly for example whilst I'm aware she's not a crone it's very much that death destruction that tower moment tarot card sort of energies that she mm-hmm. brings in um, but yeah, Keridwin, I think, is the one that I resonate with most, probably as a Celt, you know, as somebody yeah. with a Celtic ancestry, that's probably why. But yeah, she is that kind of cheeky grandma. And every time I go to visit her in the, because I, I, I astral project a lot, I kind of somewhat willy nilly leave my body at a moment's notice, <laughs> <laughs> go to all these glorious places. And um, when I go to visit her, she's in the middle of the woods on Sawin. And there's no, there's no moon in the sky, just the stars and all the beauty of the cosmos. And she's got a big, big cauldron over a fire pit. And she's sat there in like a black kind of semi-raggedy, like very well worn, loved and darned kind of clothes. And she always invites you over and just pats on the, the seat next to her and invites you to come and sit down. She is the, the woman, that the energies that holds the space for your transformation. Like I said, she'll either chuck you into her cauldron and just let you kind of scramble around and that will be your initiation or she'll very much kind of softly and slowly guide you there, depending on whatever you need. And what you need isn't always what you think you need. (laughs) So she is always coming to things from a place of love, but always knows what you need better than you do. And she's also the goddess that I call upon when I'm doing my work as a death priestess. So connecting with crone energies and keridwin again keeping it quite simple for you also something you can do every day is just being silent and that terrified me when I first kind of thought with that because I'm I you know somebody who likes to keep myself busy I've always got something I can be doing and feel like I should be doing yeah I set myself a a timer for five minutes every morning to begin with I don't do this every day now but to begin with, there's like a 30 day challenge. I'd set myself to be silent for five minutes a day and sit in silence and no phone. There's no, you know, meditation playlist on. It's just me at my altar and just witnessing what comes up in those moments. And again, interestingly, 
it was my father who taught me when I was very young that in the silence you can hear God. And he meant God as, you know, he was like a heathen Viking. So he meant God yeah. as in Odin. Not, Spirituality or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that in the silence you can hear God. And it was not long after he died that I thought, you know, I, I want to sit in silence every day and just deal with what comes up. Being silent with yourself, it doesn't have to be five minutes. I mean, I set myself that five minute goal because that seems so hideous. It almost excited me. <laughs> and, and it was achievable. You know, it's not... A, yeah an hour a day it's not six hours I'm not living this monastic lifestyle with like a vow of silence it's I can do five hours at the end of a meditation every morning that's fine yeah. that, that's very achievable but if one minute for you you know would work then do that if an hour if six hours works my god do it that'd be amazing I feel like I'd have to work my way up from 10 seconds <laughs> yeah little increments I guess yeah. I do all these things it's baby steps isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> And you will be surprised at what comes up, but you almost want to, again, not detach yourself in like an unhealthy way, but like with the mother energies, kind of detaching yourself from the emotions, from the reactions that you're having and just witnessing them for what they are and the beauty of what they are, no matter how positive or negative they might be. That's something that really brought me closer to the crone in like an everyday accessible sort of way. I'm going to do this 30 day challenge. Do it. honestly it it changed my perspective on so many things it really helped me you're much more aware of your patterns your emotions your reactions the behaviors of other people in your life the relationships you have obviously the crone playlist would be played outside of the silent challenge but what would go on the crone playlist Ooh, the crone playlist i'm feeling patty smith yes Yes. I have a amazing woman called Lorna who helps out with the teachings at the temple for the mystery school. So she teaches these four crone modules and she's got different archetypes within the crone. So at the moment, the students are just um, learning about the crone as village wise woman and what that means for them and how they can connect with her and all that lovely stuff. That's how I picture the crone. Yeah. Yeah. That like woman that lives on her own at the edge of the woods at the edge yeah. of the village yeah so many animals so many pets mm-hmm. massive herb garden but Lorna's creating a standalone course for the crone for the temple of Cornwall which I'm really Amazing. excited about yeah so that that'll be coming out kind of like and this time next year I would imagine there's a lot more crone stuff coming with the temple but from somebody who's well versed in it <laughs> that's amazing yeah oh that would be so much fun yeah That was so fantastic. I feel like I've got so much better insight into these archetypes and that pop up all the time. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm going to have you back. You know I am. Oh, I I would be back whether you wanted me or not. (laughs) Yeah, because we've already touched on so many different things that we've said we should come back and do another full episode on that on its own so you have to come back for those that's the rule that's fine by me (laughs) all right well thank you so much and we'll see you next week bye bye if you want lots more fun moon info and all things spiritual plus our merch shop please visit our website weknewthemoon.co.uk and if you want even more head over to our patreon page patreon.com forward slash we knew the moon and check out some of our bonus content we're also on facebook and instagram at we.new.the.moon and we're also on twitter at we knew the moon one see you next time <laughs>